Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find some of the coolest university technologies, so you'll have to want to add the volume of some of those innovations and hopefully help them become actual things that people can use. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher, PhD and science wizard. Hello, Tyler. How's, how's life? Are you in the States yet, or are you still, you know, like somewhere extraterrestrial? Hey Charlie, how you doing? Yeah, I'm no longer in low low Earth orbit. I'm back. I'm grounded. <laughs> the sound. Uh, my family's healthy. <laughs> Good, great. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, are we still on the five second delay then? One. Yes. Two. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and that you just heard is uh, is uh, Joe Ruggy, Doctor Law Dog, Entrepreneur Werewolf, and I think he is uh, zooming in from a. Foreman trailer on a job site somewhere in South Omaha. How you doing, Joe? Man, that would be uh, awesome. I'm, I'm halfway to completing the look. But no, I'm in the spacious and beautiful and socially distanced offices of the Unitech Institute on the east edge of the University of Nebraska Medical Center. And I got to say, it is a glorious day filled with beige paint. It, uh, you know, I know this is only basically radio for our listeners, but... Uh, I, I need you to put like something on that blank wall behind you. It's killing me. Just anything. Got it. get some kid art. Um, I don't know. Just get a crayon yourself and just draw on the wall. Maybe I should do like a, a zoom background. I could be, you know, oh, yeah, in you a, a foreman trailer in South Omaha eating a grinder. <laughs> that would be great. I guess that'd be a weird background. Sorry. Uh, and, and while <laughs> people can imagine that weird background, uh, Please, if you want to hear more of this, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Please tell your friends anyways. You know, we're trying here and uh, just say they put forward a great effort and uh, leave a comment to that effect in the, uh, the review, please. Yes, help us spread the word so that we can help spread some of these technologies and, and, and hopefully give them some of the, the oxygen they need to, to advance further down the development trail. Okay, so with all that said, I think it's about time we went over, well, let's just stick with material science. I think that's where we left off last time. I think it is. Um, and I think, um, Joe, you had sent an email about some cool stuff that you came across um, about carbon fiber um, reinforcing polymers, which I think polymer is just a fancy way of saying plastic, right? It is. And like you can make polymers all, out of all kinds of cool stuff. But one of the, the dilemmas that kind of comes up is, and you know, try this is something you mentioned in the past, that the things that are really uh, uh, stable and, and hard for reinforcing are usually you know, metal, and metal corrodes. And so there is this, you know, do you want an aqueduct that's going to hang around for a thousand years, or do you want one you can drive a truck on? Because you, know, you can't have both, right? right. It, it needs that's to have right. some sort of corrosion susceptible materials that will you know eat it if it's going to be able to do that and so i think uh one of the interesting things uh that's kind of coming up with innovations in material science is plastic is getting more and more like steel while still being you know having all the benefits of plastic and if you think about like why is there so much stuff made out of plastic it's easy to form into all kinds of shapes it's lightweight it's you know i remember when i was younger you know when I was a kid, chairs were made out of metal and, and, and other heavy materials and they're hard to move around. And now you've got much 
lighter produced materials. You know, the, the downside of that, of course, is that plastic is, is it breaks. It's not a, as durable. And so one of the cool things that is ongoing with material science now is this notion of fiber reinforced polymers. And so rather than still having to reinforce it with metals, you're going to have carbon fibers. And carbon fibers are sort of a broad range of materials. Most of them are, are synthesized out of petroleum. They're, they're long carbon molecules that are, are very strong. And when you put them into other materials, they, they reinforce them. They're, they're hard and they, they don't break. And, and it's sort of like having steel reinforcing without sort of the, the downsides of steel. And so polymer reinforced, um, or sorry, carbon fiber reinforced polymers are kind of having a moment now because there is all kinds of cool new stuff ongoing with some of the other innovations associated with manufacturing. And right now, a, a really good example is something that, that Tyler brought up, which is uh, related to a topic that I think you have some familiarity with. It's, it's uh, I think they call it additive manufacturing. Is, is that something? You know about Tyler? 3D weird. printing. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, I mean, before we get into that. <laughs> yeah. This is I, I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm sorry. To, I know you just got really excited and I just jumped on you. Um, but I mean, um, first, I'm just curious. What what do we need before we get into that? I'm curious what we need reinforced plastic for. I mean, what is what's the benefit of, I mean, I know plastic can get kind of brittle and, and, and it breaks pretty easy after after it ages for a while. Um, I know I've got some things that you know are made of plastic that just broke. You can't really fix them. But what is the what's the value of having reinforced plastic? So one of the downsides of steel reinforcement is it's really heavy, right? Yeah. So you know it takes a lot of energy to move them around. So I know uh, Charlie that you kind of covet that cherry red nineteen eighty two Corvette. Or no, that 1983 lime green Fiero, right? Like you're constantly talking about that, you yeah, know? The, the Pontiac Fiero. The Pontiac Fiero. Well, How one of the reasons... I think... <laughs> Do they have an album cover where they were on a Fiero? I, you know, that makes sense. So let's just go with that, right? So the Fiero was made out of fiberglass, right? I'm, I'm barking up the right tree here. Probably, yeah. Probably. Like most so, things in the 80s, yes, it was made of fiberglass. And so part of the reason you did that is because you had to put a teeny tiny little engine in that Fiero because you couldn't put an eight banger in that sucker. And so you, you couldn't put a ton of metal on it because it would just not have that righteous speed that you, you get from the Fiero experience. And so that's kind of a dilemma where fiberglass is not really what you want when you're in a high speed collision. That is you know, not particularly safe. However, if you don't have the power to keep a steel belted chassis around, then it's the next best thing. And these sort of car carbon fiber reinforced polymers are as strong as steel. So unlike fiberglass, which does have some trade-offs, you know, these are very, very strong materials that you do. The other thing that's difficult too is when you steel reinforce things, you, uh, you know, it, it's harder to make them at very particular configurations. Uh, 3D printing, as I hope someone can talk about, can manufacture things <laughs> in sort of any conceivable yeah. configuration. And so if you can essentially yeah. integrate the, uh, the, the, if you can integrate reinforced materials into it, then all of a sudden you could sort of print things 
in any conceivable shape that are lightweight and as strong as steel. And I think there's a lot of applications for that. We were kind of briefly talking about it, and you know, transportation is is really, I think, a, a critical one. Anything that you have to move around that needs to be durable, this would be a great solution. Okay, so what's the difference then between just carbon fiber? I know they're using carbon fiber in, in like in high-end um, luxury sports cars, you know, like Bugatti and yeah. Ferrari and that sort of thing. Um, so what's the difference then between this reinforced polymers versus just straight up carbon fiber? So carbon fiber is still very expensive to produce and we'll kind of talk about that in a subsequent invention. So <clears throat> you would essentially be able to take the amount of carbon fiber in your fine Italian sports car um, and be able to produce, you know, 25 or 100 different sports car shells because instead of making the whole thing out of carbon fiber by strategically reinforcing a polymer, you're about as strong as carbon fiber. You're potentially lighter even. And then you have uh, mm -hmm. way more improved additive manufacturing solutions. So it's a way in which you can be more efficient with the existing materials, using it for reinforcement rather than the entire structural basis. Okay, so my uh, yeah, idea... So this is, this is, Those are really good oh, questions. Sorry, go ahead, Charlie. Well, I was gonna they say, are fantastic. Right. Sorry, Charlie. Go ahead. So, all right. So my idea then of, of, of how steel would reinforce concrete in this way, there's like little threads or strands of, of steel using a particular type of concrete that's um, basically its own form of additive manufacturing, I suppose. But yeah. um, but then I would see a uh, uh, they would just kind of mix it in, right, and just kind of throw it on the wall, and it would eventually stick and create the, your your walls that way. But so how do you do that then with three D printing, Tyler? How do you mix in these these fibers into a three D printed object? That's a great question. Yeah. So so if you want to create, you know, those those cheap, sleek. Uh, elegant sports cars that can take damage like a Buick boat um, and still <laughs> and still keep on driving. Uh, <laughs> we turn to 3D printing. 3D printing allows you, yeah. So 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 with with fused deposition modeling or FDM printing, you're taking your 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 basically spaghetti plastic um, and you melt it, uh, and then you're able to form whatever shape you want, and it it hardens, it cools, and hardens, and solidifies into that shape. Um, so what? These researchers did at University of Michigan, and we'll share the, the link um, uh, to their patent and their research. Uh, so what they did was they, they figured out a process whereby they could incorporate the uh, carbon fibers into the polymers while they were uh, melted. So, there's, so they added on a, basically an extra process, an extra step to this FDM print, where, where now you're able to add in these polymers along all three axes um, while, while it's being extruded basically. So while it's still kind of in liquid form, so to speak, and prior to it, to it, uh, hardening, solidifying back into a solid. Okay. So, I mean, how, what kind of scale then can we print this stuff out? I mean, this is, um, I imagine that you can only print like small parts, maybe, you know, something maybe the size of a cell phone or something like that, or can we print out a whole car or a boat? Maybe this is what Yeah, it's a great question needed. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So these researchers, you know, um, they, they, they really built a whole new 3D printer in order to do this or made significant modifications to pre-existing printers. Um, and yeah, so they're, you know, their, their proof of concept are smaller pieces. So maybe, um, you know, pieces for robotics, for example, um, or prosthetics actually. Uh, but 
um, it's conceivable that you know, with with the, uh, advances in printing technology that you could actually um, you, you could actually be printing whole chassis, so to speak. Um, wow. uh, we, we, we have FDM printers um, that that print off large, you know, they have beds that are measured in feet instead of inches. So you can get much larger prints now. Wow. OK. I had no idea they were making them that big. But, you know, I see that the, we're, we're talking about petroleum-based plastic, right? And if we have reinforced plastic, I mean, what's that going to do to our oceans? I mean, do we really need plastic to live forever? I mean, maybe – I think what we need is like an artisanal – I think what we need is an artisanal, like, organic uh, nanofiber or carbon fiber, excuse me. Well, what if so we need we, – we need... <laughs> What if we sourced our carbon fibers from organic sources? That's what I'm saying. And actually, you know? I'll do you one better, Charlie. What if it was from organic waste, right? That that would be, you know, the, the best. That sounds appetizing. It does. <laughs> so part of the issue uh, with why carbon fiber is so expensive is exactly what Charlie said. They're made from limited uh, petroleum precursors, and there's only so much to go around. There is a, a cool invention that came out of the University of Tennessee, which is a whole variety of methods for extracting long polymers out of plant residue. And, you know, this kind of is always something that's interesting to me is, is plants derive a lot of their structure from these really rigid cellulose structures that kind of go through their entire bodies. And, you know, that, those are, are very, you know, chemically rigid components. What they, uh, what this group at the University of Tennessee has been able to do is to identify a whole variety of methods where you can essentially, through industrial processes, extract some of the longer polymeric uh, molecules out of the, the plants. These are, you know, of course, carbon-based molecules, and then essentially mold them chemically into these teeny tiny little filaments that serve as reinforceable carbon fibers. And so in that sense, you know, I think it'd be really cool because you talk about being able to source um, plant-based filament for 3D printers. You could have plant-based filament from the 3D printers and then have plant-based reinforced polymers from the, uh, the cellulose residue of the rest of the plant. And together you could, you know, have an Iowa cornfield end up producing, oh, I'm sorry, a Nebraska cornfield end up producing all of the raw materials needed to make custom-made shells that are as hard as steel. I mean, how cool would that be? Aren't they making... Pretty darn. Aren't they making... I thought there's a plant... I thought it was somewhere in Nebraska where they're making, like, plastic bottles, like soda bottles, out of corn. Yeah, there's a lot of advances in building, you know, polymers out of plant-based materials. And, you know, I know my kids had a lot of toys when they were younger that were sort of built out of that, that same sort of stuff. And I think that just moving forward... As we get better improvements in chemistry, we're going to have better understanding of the specific molecules we need and how to source them from non-petroleum sources. And as petroleum becomes, you know, more and more uh, harder to find, either from lack of use or overuse, I don't know which way it's going to go necessarily, then you're going to see market forces looking at, you know, plant residue, which is currently something at cost to get rid of, turning that into a resource to create something valuable. I think it's really cool. But I think that gets into a broader point of what material science can really do as we get a better sense of how to make advanced materials and what to make them from. These types of innovations are not just going to make cooler, more sophisticated products, 
but they're going to make them out of more abundant and available precursors, which is what innovation should be able to do. Right. I guess my, my big question at this point then, Tyler, is can we print, 3D print, natural carbon fiber? Actually, yeah. We should be able <laughs> no to way. print. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought that yeah, would be... Yeah, we, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't point to a single, you know, I'll see if I can provide something in the show notes, but I believe there are printers available for printing essentially hydrocarbons or um, organic polymers. So I think that exists. Yeah. And to aspiring and environmentally, uh, environmentally minded entrepreneurs out there, these are two readily combinable solutions. So you could take the carbon fibers produced in Tennessee and then uh, shuffle them up to Michigan and put them into their 3D, their carbon fiber reinforced 3D printer. And on top of that, Tyler's going to source for them a plant-derived FDM filament, maybe, or something close to it. So that way, we are producing the world's first fully organic uh, Pontiac Fiera. <laughs> Sounds spectacular. I think on that note, I think it's time to come. <laughs> compostable, compostable, because that's what you and want. combustible, because it'd be it'd have all the uh, the low yeah. points of the of the Ford Pinto, with all the the gloriousness of Hollow Notes cover out. All right, so I think it's time to come to ground. Um, Please take a moment to look at the show notes. We will give you step by step instructions to three D print your own Fiero from University Published Technology, or, or maybe not. Uh, I also want to thank our sponsors, Unimed, the Tech Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska, and also KBNO Recording Studios at the University of Nebraska and Omaha. So for Tyler Sher and Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you, and please join us every Monday on Unimed's Innovation Overground.